The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Good afternoon and welcome, everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. As always, it is my great pleasure to be here, and we thank you for being here as well. Happy Balls McWednesday. How you doing out there? You're hot. If you're in the South, you're hot. Very, very toasty. You don't need me to say that. I just thought I'd be the a-hole who talks about the weather. There you go. Uh, that's Tom Lang. There's Director Matthew. I'm Jeff. Thanks to all of you again for watching, listening to the program. A daily reminder that if you're watching the program, uh, like and subscribe so that others may find it. It certainly helps out in our efforts to provide good content and more of it uh, for you. So like and subscribe and pass it around. Good to be with you. And uh, note on Twitter, it's at Cameron Show. Happy Wednesday. Happy, uh, yeah, like and spike to you too there, Stephen. Yes, it's, it's Balls McWednesday. Um, I'm excited about it because we're a day closer uh, to, another, to another, uh, uh, another match on the ice now that the series is tied at two. I know you're going to go and Corey's going to go. Game six, good for you guys. It'll be a lot of fun. Our mutual friend Bill from Corner Pocket is going to be down there as oh, well. Oh, good times, man. That's a good pregame group well, right there. That's a little mosey on over to Hattricks and get things started. Yeah, if you're going to get to Hatters, though, you've got to get there around 3 or 4 o'clock. You There's do, no but, way. Why would you not want to? Agreed. I mean, yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I have plans in Pinellas with the family okay. until and lunchtime. And then you make your way up to... Yeah, then check into the hotels at 4 I was just at uh, I was just at Hatters and uh, was there twice in, in, in about a 48-hour period there and uh, really got lucky. We got great seats both times. We were all set, all good to go. Hunker down for a long day. So the last time I was at Hattricks was last year for Game 2 of the Cup Finals and the Lightning beat Montreal that night. That was great. The time before was just before the pandemic. It was crazy. Mm. It was the day of the college football playoff. Um, Joe Burrow going nuts in the first game against OU. Yes, he did. And then it was Ohio State-Clemson in the second game. And uh, the Lightning were, again, playing Montreal, oddly. And we walked into Hattricks, and it's, I mean, people are just spilling oh, outside. Yeah. Well, as we walked in, two people from the bar got up, walked away, and we had seats right in front of a television. Doesn't so, happen often, No, folks. it doesn't. If you're no. down in Tampa, though, that's a fun little hangout, so uh, go make it happen. But anyhow, I, I just, I, I start the day in a jovial manner. I'm in a good mood. Uh, I, I, I have been for a long time. I mean, what's there not to be in a good mood about? Things can only get better from here for Florida State Athletics. They can't get worse. Things can only get better. Are you sure? Well, no. No, I'm not sure. Not sure. We'll see. I think uh, 
I think things are going to get better. I had fun on uh, headlines because uh, the SP Plus ratings are out for Bill Connolly, both nationally for the, uh, the, the whole field, if you will, but also the ACC. And uh, I thought that was a, a fun jumping off point because that is – it's just a tool to evaluate. I use that phrase often because people have very specific things that they like to use or that they think is their Bible for judging, uh, whether that's uh, metrics, a certain metric, could be yards per play, for example, uh, any number of things that people like to look at to help better discern what a team is or is not beyond their eyes, beyond just what they think they see. And that's fine. I like to use a lot of them, but certainly I do like Bill Connolly's SP Plus, and I think it is a a, a useful tool, uh, not the only tool, but a useful tool to get a sense of what a team was a year ago and might be this year, uh, given what they use uh, as criteria, and I, and I think that's fun. And in the case of his ACC preview, which is very specific since we cover Florida State and CARE, um, you know, I remind everybody that, uh, again, it's uh, you're looking at a number of factors with SP Plus, uh, including uh, recruiting over the last couple of years, as well as record on the field and what you did offensively and defensively and against what kind of schedule and all those things. Florida State was third in the ACC behind Clemson and NC State for the Atlantic, and I thought, you know, our fan base, whether they know what specifically SP Plus is or is not, doesn't really matter if they if it's a ranking system and they and they they hear Florida State's third and there are plenty of people who do know I know that I'm not trying to be condescending, uh, but I'm trying to incorporate everybody in the conversation. Uh, if if you hear Florida State's ahead of Louisville and Wake in your division, you go yes yes I I'd like that projection. I'd like in this case SP plus to be correct. That'd be great. That would be a step forward. Yeah, I saw also, roll your eyes, get ready everybody, you're going to roll them, the FPI for ESPN. <laughs> I didn't see that one. I don't pay as much attention to the FPI, Tom. As you know, that's not a metric I like to use. I, I don't either, right. but it's in list season. You're just looking it around. It is list and season, baby. We are so in the fog of suck here in Tallahassee Woo! that sometimes... It's a thick fog, it, barely see. And it smells too. Mm. I'm not sure it's fog. In fact, mm. it might be something else. Not good. Yeah, so we're so in the midst of that that I'd, I'd like to see even the evil FPI, and I do believe it's evil, like most things that involve <laughs> like science inherent? and math. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and I see that FPI thinks we're the 31st best team in the country. And cool. in the ACC, we are in the Atlantic Division behind only Clemson and NC State. Once again, we're tied with Wake and ahead of Louisville. And I'm thinking to myself when I read 31st best, first of all, it's a sad commentary, what I'm about to say, but okay. All right, that's improvement. They're 28th in the SP plus. Okay, pretty pretty same thing. You're pretty, all, pretty you're close. in the others receiving votes. This is a baby step. You've got the uh, the models man. saying that we're in the others receiving votes category. Yeah, I certainly never thought that we'd reach a place where on the outskirts of the top 25 with a preseason off season prediction that we would say, all right, we're getting closer to cracking the top 25. In theory. If we live up to this projection, not actually cracking it, but maybe we have the tools based on the previous two seasons, three seasons, how far back you want to go depending on the ranking system, to crack the top 25 and that you and me would derive from that satisfaction. Like it puts a little pep in your step. It does. 
it does. Uh, but if you take a big step back and think about it, you go, oof, man, that feels a lot like probably what Nebraska fans feel like. Because that's true, too. And, you know. I can't understand the depths of their sorrow, though. Because, you know, we've been relevant at least once in the last 20 years. So, oh, there's that. We've been relevant in the last eight years. Yes, I know. Very. I'm just saying, you know, their right, feelings right, of despair right. and yeah. or hope. I mean, that's I can't method act my way through what it's like to be a Nebraska fan. Especially one that would be my age. Because the only time you were truly successful as a program is... If you were my age, 35 years old, you're, what, first and second grade, third grade? That's about it. Then yeah. there's hype until you're getting towards high school, but that hype was never lived up to. So what do you have? Um, so let's get back to this. One of the reasons that Bill Conley, who produces the SP+, Plus, um, his, his measuring stick, if you will, one of the reasons that he has Florida State there is that he thinks they're going to be a top 20 defense. And you and I, I, I think to some degree, uh, agree that the, that the, in that general area they have a chance to be pretty good. I, I, I don't know about, like, I've seen 15th. Uh, I don't know if they're going to be that good because I don't know that they're that deep. But I think they're going to be vastly improved. Um, well, I, I shouldn't say that. The team that played the second half of the season was a pretty good defense. I think that team takes the field from day one this year. Yeah, yeah. If you'd say the last eight games in which Florida State goes five and three and and was in every one of those ball games, what did that defense look like? Top twenty-five defense, mm-hmm. top thirty defense, right? Is that fair? This year, I, I think they're hurt by a couple of things, and it'll sound strange, but the strength of the competition is number one that they're hurt by. Correct. They're going against a ton of veteran quarterbacks. Correct. I don't care if it's the ACC logo on their chest. No, no, good they're all twenty-five, twenty-six years old. It feels like they've and been they around also here. project well. A lot of those guys yeah. aren't just well thought of in the yep. ACC. They're well thought of. Period. Right. And then the second thing that you're hurt by when you're trying to project this is what exactly is the pass rush? If it's third and seven, are you going to get home? I can't project that and tell me tell you that that's going to be an absolute yes. If it is an absolute yes, and that's what it bears out to be, then you're looking at a top 15 defense. But if you can't without bringing extra bodies, then you're probably still in that top 25, 30 range. Mm-hmm. But that's still a, a drastic improvement from where we were a couple of years ago, which is in the 90s and 100s. It's gotten a lot better around here. Yeah, they got to stay healthy, man. Everything about the season, I know you can usually say this about any team participating in any sport. Like, we do this all the time in the NFL. We say, well, everything should be all right as long as they stay healthy. Well, yeah, man, that's a given. You don't even need to throw it out there. In a salary cap league, for example, in the NFL, if you lose your starting quarterback or your superstar wide receiver or your all-world first team, all-NFL defensive end for the year, Early in the season, yeah, you're probably going to be in trouble. It, it, things aren't going to work out the way you'd hoped if uh, if you lose a, a player of that kind of significance. We talk, we call those players game changing players. There are very few teams that can lose whomever it is, and almost every team has a guy that fits that bill. It's the best of the best, right? Whomever that is, uh, you lose them. Yeah, it radically alters who you are. So yeah, if if you lose your starting quarterback or you lose. Uh, let's say Tatum Bethune at linebacker, you're going to be in trouble. But I would also say that uh, that's true of any team in this conference for the most part. Now, we don't have, however, and this is where I go back to my other point about, yes, you can say it most years, but it's more 
significant and impactful to Florida State. They just haven't had year over year elite recruiting classes. They haven't been able to do that. So, I mean, to me, I would suggest that um, if you lose two or three starters on that defense that we both think is going to be very, very good, then uh, you're in real trouble. You are absolutely screwed uh, because they just, the backups at this point, either aren't ready to play or aren't good enough. But hey, we've got an emergency over here. I'm just looking up right in the midst. I'm going to give you a peek behind the curtain. What's going on? The operating system is not connected. We're connected to the internet. We are on <laughs> I was, War Chant TV. I was like, am I talking to myself in front no, of this camera? No. Am I? <laughs> You're talking to the War Chant TV nation, to the stream players, to everybody on the air. It's Beautiful. Just, I just when I, you want to go to break, I think I might have to sing for you. No, because, no, no. I'm not worried. It's just funny because, and this is why. I mean, we're transparent now that we're on video all the time. This is stuff that prior to being on video, I just look at you and you give me these multiple hand signals, and I would know we got a ride. But, but. When when I saw the two of you have that concerned look on your face, I went, am I talking to myself? Is anybody hearing this thing? That's what they were saying in New England when Bledsoe went down. They found Tom Brady. Who's our Tom Brady, Jeff? Kayvon, there is no Tom Brady on this roster. There is no guy waiting in the wings to uh, take over and shine in a way that, uh, say, Tyler Van Dyke did last year when De'Ara King went down and they realized, uh, oh, we were playing the wrong guy. We've been playing the wrong guy. I don't think that uh, Tate Rodemaker would qualify as the, hey, we've been playing the wrong guy. Maybe, maybe if the light bulb came on, but I don't think so. I, I don't think he's that. I just think he's better than he was. Better than he was. Not great. Don't. I'm not real sure I trust him. I will say that if he has to play this year, and I've, I've answered this question a lot, and we certainly, he wasn't done any favors, and we talked about this, he wasn't done any favors when in, in the spring game when, for whatever reason, they decided to begin the spring game with two-point conversion drills in which the defense already knows that you have to throw it. Like, it doesn't do you any good on a two-point conversion not to at least make an effort to put the ball in the end zone. So they all understand that we have only a few set plays to run for a two-point conversion, and they know you're going to force it because the last thing you can do when you're going for two is to take a sack. So they jumped the routes for every for all three of our quarterbacks. They just jumped the routes. And immediately we were all left thinking, oh, God, more of the same. This is great, and that was unfair. But And we documented that and talked about that. I do think Tate had – a, a much better spring than at any point in his time here. And so the reason I bring any of this up while I'm talking about a lack of depth or talented depth or, you know, having the, the wherewithal to be able to survive for any long period of time if significant starters go down, I, I do think we're in a better situation than, than we were last year. And we would not have thought that going into the season because we went into the season a year ago not knowing for certain that – you know, we we didn't have a backup quarterback. Right? We we thought we had one of those two guys was going to emerge, and whoever didn't was going to be a viable backup. Turns out that obviously Jordan Travis emerged, but there wasn't a viable backup at all. Kind of like being in a situation where I don't know that we could take a, a commercial break if we wanted to right now. I don't know that we have. Oh, a, are you going to test that, it? That backup? Are you going to just test it? No, I mean I, there's nothing I can do. 
But what I can do is talk to you about yes. I, if I you're thought you were going to read a commercial. No, that would have been no. the best. I don't know if I can hit the button for us to take a commercial break, Jeff, but let me tell you what I can do. I can trust <laughs> Simply Safe. That's right. With my family. And I thought you were going to go that I could call T Spark Enterprises, <laughs> roofing and, and construction <laughs> services. Uh, I, I don't know his license number, unfortunately. It's like CCC, something else. I, I don't know. But I can figure that out later. But um, yeah, I mean, if you're talking about the 2022 roster being better overall than 2021, I, I felt that way within two or three practices yeah, this spring. I just didn't think it was significantly better. Well, define significant. One win, two wins. We're doing win shares. I like this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's significantly because okay, dependent. It's dependent on the schedule. Well, too. five and seven to six and six, right? That's not significant enough. That's not going to get yeah. the job done, right? Right. But That's five why. and seven to seven and five is that significant? Five and seven to eight and four. To, 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 on a serious note, and not to stall. Honestly, having the conversation since we're having the conversation, I will just tell you that it, it, it's a big deal if you can say yes to that. Like if you could say five to seven to seven to five, and you marry the conversation with the fact that you have a much diff, I think a, a very difficult schedule, and you're going to tell me there's a two win potentially difference because of the roster is that much better? That's a big that's a big difference, Tom. Yeah, I would agree. The other thing I'd say though to argue against it is you're basically a six and six team last year if you don't blow it in one of the easiest games on your schedule. So how significant is a jump to seven wins? It might not actually be that much because, I mean, Jacksonville State is Jacksonville State. It is a reminder, I will tell you this, it is a reminder that every season is in and of itself because, yes, you can say we were basically a 6-6 six and six team if we hadn't blown the easiest game on the schedule and did what we did, which was absolutely silly. Um, but at the same time, None of us looked at that schedule and said that the back half was where you were going to make hay. You know, it was the front half where you went 0-4 that we thought all the wins had to happen in, and they didn't. You didn't, you didn't get any of the wins you thought you were going to get, uh, and then you got several on the back half that you, didn't, that you thought were either toss-ups or that you simply couldn't win. And yet even the ones that you didn't get, you very well could have. I mean, the Clemson game, we all know, yeah, that very well could have, maybe even should have, ended in a win on the road. There's no none of us that would have predicted that. And then the Florida game, I'm, I'm a little bit more bullish on Florida was the better team there. I know Ira and I disagree on this point. He thinks they could have won that game. I thought Florida looked like they had better players. They were more physical. They were bigger and stronger at the point of attack. Uh, I, I actually feel like had they, made, had they started the right guy at quarterback, which they didn't, yeah. had they yeah. done that, we would have gotten blown out. The other thing I'd say about that game, though, is is I think we got baited, and I was that's something I'm worried about. Emotionally, we got baited pregame by their bully tactics. Yeah, we got to be better, and that's on the coaching staff to not let they us. They should have laughed at that. I mean, they exactly. Just been like, what are we doing? But they engaged, and they looked rattled for it, and that's something that I wish Norvell did a better job of. Which is, hey guys, don't don't talk to them. What are you doing? They've got an interim coach. Stick with us. You know, I really we can never know if they were baited and it had an impact. We saw they were baited, but we don't know if it had an impact. The fact that they engaged, I think that is a bit of playing the result. Maybe they were, maybe they were, but we won't know because Jordan got hurt early. I'm tired of that phrase too. Uh, and listen, I don't blame him, but that situation is not. I mean, that, that's untenable. You can't have a starting quarterback that frequently misses practice and misses portions, if not all, of games because he's always hurt. 
Um, there's no there's no continuity in that. So, Chef Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Are we going to give it a go? I mean, we'll just go radio silence for a couple minutes so you can gather your breath. What the hell's going on around here? We can't hit commercial breaks? I'm looking at them. They look, they look fresh and ready to go. You're looking at them? Yeah, I can see them. You got a big play button you can hit? Yeah, come over here and do it. Come no, over here. you don't. Just move the mouse over and hit the play button. Send us to break. It's great radio. Uh, Let me know when you do. So you want me to hit the uh, sellers? Here oh, just go. the big play button on the right. I'm, I'm not kidding. There's a <laughs> there you go. I just hit it. Spot breaks fired. That's what it says. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with eBay Motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply the Jeff Cameron show brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness two Tallahassee locations Midtown on Thomasville Road and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center online at orangetheoryfitness.com Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. I like, uh, just as an aside, and I we could spend an hour on this, and I'm not going to, but the players twisting themselves in knots on the PGA Tour who chose to play in the Live Golf event that nobody's going to see uh, is, is great theater. Um, at one point, Martin Keimer was asked, wouldn't you want to test yourself against the best players in the world? which is a valid question since they're not going to be in the live golf event. And uh, it's never been a motivator, but I would be lying if we wouldn't enjoy a few more dollars. <laughs> what? That's not an answer. I don't even know what that, <laughs> that's not even an it's answer. It's almost like he's so nervous for the question that he thinks he was asked the question when he mm -hmm. wasn't. Yeah. He also said, I'd love to play against the best in the world, but at the moment I can't. We're, Perhaps I'll be closer. Come Saturday, I'm expecting. <laughs> he's just like he's stutter effing his way. He's scared to death because he knows it's not really a good answer here. Other than I just wanted the money. I just wanted large sums of money. I'm not the player I was. The guy that won those majors no longer competes at a, anywhere close to a high level on the PGA Tour, where the best players reside. And since I'm near the end of my career, probably going to lose my card anyhow. Why not take this money and run for the hills? There you go. Say that, Martin. Say it. And you should. I, I, you know, for the most part, for, the, for most of these guys, I don't begrudge them. I don't begrudge what they're doing because, you know, in the end, it's about you. And that's what the PGA Tour is about. That's what any of these corporations who sponsor PGA Tour events are about. Uh, I know that's not a popular take, but that's, that's where I stand on the particular issue. It's just that don't, don't take the extra steps to say it's not about that because that's, that's the only thing it could be about. It is the only thing it's about. There is no cachet to a single event that they'll be playing in. So what Correct. I, what I mean by that yeah. is, and here's why it's of concern for the PGA Tour, regardless of going down the road, whether or not you should want to play for a 
murderous regime. I think that if you if you don't care about your career arc and you don't care where you sit at the end of said career in the pantheon of golf, then you can go and take whatever money you get from whatever blood money group you want and go play in any event. So, and there's a direct link to that, Tom, as opposed to the six to seven layers that you're going to tell me about in a second about sponsors. No, but what, no, what, I wouldn't even say that though. So, are we supposed to not participate in this country's economy because we take money from the Saudis too? Which you know is what why, I mean? like, which is, well, hold so on. where does it stop? I understand. Which is what I why I said what I just said is that there's a direct link here with those that are seeking to quote unquote sports wash away their bad deeds as opposed to the sort of ancillary effect that you're talking about where if you go down the road eventually you'll find that the shirt you're wearing is somehow connected to a sweatshop. I got what you're saying. Right. So the the point would be that all of these guys pretending that it's not anything but the money are all they, they should all stop immediately because they make themselves look like fools. Secondly, they immediately, I think, absolve themselves from any significant victory moving forward. There is no chance for them to do anything of any significance on the Live Golf Tour. So, for example, one of the great things about the PGA Tour is that, and I'm not talking about the money that's made, I'm talking about us as fans watching a league. Like, we like to watch the NFL. Right. Because of what? Well, first of all, there's a history there. The Dallas Cowboys have a history. So you know that history as you grow up in football. And let's say that a player with the Miami Dolphins gets traded to the Dallas Cowboys. Immediately within that, they don't go they don't go from being traded from the Miami Dolphins to Israel. They go to and I'm just using any country. They go to the Cowboys within the league. And all of that history stays contained in that way. So part of watching a sporting event, like let's say the Honda Classic, you'd say, well, Jeff, the Honda Classic isn't that significant. Uh, but alas, most people who like the PGA Tour can tell you where they were when Adam Scott hit that six iron from two whatever it was on 17 to within three feet and thus put it in to secure his place as a Honda Classic champion, right? You can do that at Sawgrass, for example. Where were you when Phil hit this shot? Oh, by the way, next week we're playing at the country club. I remember when, and I don't, but you could say, we all know Bobby Jones hit this shot on this course when. So you're comparing careers. Jordan is comparing his career, or LeBron is comparing, that people like to compare LeBron's career to Jordan's career, Jordan's career to Magic's career, Magic's career to go on down the line. There's cachet for every one of those events because of the rich history of the PGA Tour. There's zero history. There is zero cachet. There's nothing to be gained by winning a golf event for the live golf event other than the money. Like It doesn't go on the, on the ledger. Nobody's going to be like, ah, Phil just added to the ledger of great victories. He won the London live golf event, which, by the way, is a 54-hole event. It's an exhibition. It's a joke. As a fan of the tour and the history of the tour, just as a fan, and again, not getting into the argument about who's more culpable for taking which money from where and what regime, it's bad for the PGA Tour, obviously, but it's bad for golf if you're a fan of golf because 
if you get fractured, then you have no more tour. Now, one thing I will tell you, I don't think that's going to happen. I think the PGA Tour is going to win out. Largely, this is going to be out of sight, out of mind for a lot of these guys. Nobody cares where Kevin Na plays. Nobody cares where Martin Keimer plays because they're useless players that nobody has a vested interest in anymore. And that's why a lot of these guys are either has-beens or people who have, are, are ready to move on. They're going to take this huge amount of money, and then you're never going to see them again. I would say Dustin Johnson falls in that category. He is the one that's probably most significant. Phil's 51. What else was he going to win? I know he won the PGA. But DJ could still win majors, though, for the next 10 years. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know that he wants to. I think this decision kind of reveals that maybe he doesn't love golf. That's fair. And I think that's true with a lot of these guys. Maybe he never did, though, and he was still winning majors when he didn't love them. Maybe. Majors. Maybe. It is fascinating. I think that guys reach a place where they, they have a tough decision to make, and they say, all right, I'm going to be guaranteed $125 million, and I get we can get into this, and listen, I, I think it's awful, but it doesn't matter. We, I understand arguments on both sides. For him, though, what can't be argued is that he has summarily dismissed himself as a viable PGA Tour player because he's not going to be allowed to play in the events. Right. So... His place in history is now cemented. It is over. There's nothing more he can do unless he wins the U.S. Open or something like that, which he's not going to. The, the, he, his 24 victories or whatever it is, I'm citing from memory, I think it is 24 victories, is significant. Well, why is it significant? Because it's in comparison to other players that have played the PGA Tour in the history of the league. Where oh, does sure. he rank? He's now done. It's over. And that is a striking decision that, that he cared and valued the money more than he did the breadth of his career moving forward, which at his age is surprising. It's not surprising for a 57-year-old or a 48-year-old. Yeah, Richard Bland is a, is a great example. Yeah. Dude had a 54-hole lead in a major, and you know it's going to crash and burn, and he knows it's going to crash and burn. Everybody knows But it's he's gonna... just living in the moment, and he cannot believe that he's in this position, yeah. and now he's got a chance to cash in in a way he never would have before. Correct. So he's going to do it. Right. But I have two ways of viewing those players. Like, A, shame on you, DJ, for a lot of reasons. Mainly because walking away from a 24-victory career in, in two majors with more on the horizon if you were locked in, we think, he's that kind of talent, that's a shame, especially for a guy that's made $100 million in his career already. All right, well, got it. You, you needed more money. Apparently Phil did too because of all his gambling debts. I got it. It's a shame. But I think that I view players differently if you're, for example, there's a kid from Georgia who's playing in this Live Golf event, and he doesn't have status on tour. He has no status. He has no place to play. Right, yeah. I, I view that very differently. Most of these guys want to play golf somewhere, and if they don't have a ride, for lack of a better term, they don't have a sponsorship, they don't have money, right. they don't have status, not even on the Corn Ferry Tour in some cases, if, they, if you're offered a place to play and you got to play because you're trying to be a pro golfer, and you don't have your tour card yet? You're not on the PGA Tour? I, I, I could see that differently. Well, now I don't know that you feel comfortable sharing some of the details you told me off the air about, you know, Brooks got married this weekend. and, yeah. and there Trey were, was there, yeah. There were dignitaries there and, and such in the game of golf. I'll leave it at that way. Mm -hmm. But you know who else is there? Obviously, his brother, who is going to play on the Live Tour. Because his brother, there's no way that he's going to make the PGA Tour. Doesn't look like it. So what an interesting household that is. Yeah, and I would just say this. If we're going to get to what what I think this is going to spawn, it is... I meant golf dignitaries, not Saudi dignitaries. I could see how that was taken both ways, and I don't mean that. Yeah. I don't think there were Saudis at Brooks' wedding. There were not. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but but what, I would, what I think this is going to do, and then we'll move on from this, is that it's going to force the PGA Tour 
to to have a more intimate relationship with its members, which are the players, of course. The the tour requires players to show up and play in a certain number of tournaments every year if you're if you want to keep your card and be on the tour. And thus you're also forced to be there at a certain time to play the pro ams to satisfy the sponsors and everybody else. There is resentment amongst tour players, especially if you're not Brooks Kepka or one of these elite players. Those guys all have their own jets. They get on net jets and they're there in an hour and it's not it's not a hardship. It's just not hard. You've got your own jet. You're sponsored. You're making twenty four million dollars a year from Nike. I mean, tough luck. Oh, you gotta go play golf at Pebble Beach on a Monday. How tough, right? Nobody wants to hear that. Fans certainly don't want to hear that. But the players that don't have it like that, who, because it is the ultimate meritocracy, right? You're fighting to keep your car. You're one of these guys, you make a cut one week, you don't make it the next. You, you miss out three in a row. Now you're in the hole because you pay your way to those events. You pay your way. The tour does not provide for you to be there, yet you're required to be there to play in those pro-ams. And those players are saying, look, man, I lost $50,000 this weekend. If I don't make the cut next week, there's another $50,000 that I lost, you know, and whatever it is, right? Just to players will point out a certain dollar amount that they lose each week, and then maybe they keep their card by the skin of their teeth, but it's not a profitable endeavor to be a professional golfer at that point, or not very profitable, right? They would say that is the only league in the world, professional league in the world, where that is true. So their argument is there are only, what, 125 PGA Tour members, players? that have made it on the roughly, tour? Roughly, yeah. Roughly yeah. 125? That's a very select group. It shows you how damn good everybody is, right? If you're a part of that group, if you make it on that tour, even if you if we never hear your name, but you keep your card, you know, Sean O'Hare's sorry ass is still in the league, right? He's made it that long because he makes cuts, he makes a living, he makes a lot of money, and I, that's probably a bad example, but he's not an elite player, but he's good enough to keep his card, and that's good living if you can get it. But it's hard to do. There's only 125 of you. They're saying, hey, man, if I crack the code and I make it, it's not unlike being a Major League Baseball player. I made it to the bigs or making it to the NFL. I made it to the NFL. Those guys get paid every week whether they play or not. And they don't have to pay their own way to the next game. They are a member of the National Football League, Major League Baseball, the NBA. They could be on the end of that bench. You know how hard it is to make it on the end of that bench in an NBA for an NBA team? It's very, very hard. Millions of people try and very few can make it. None of them are paying their own way. They're all getting paid every night. Yeah, there are some points that Liv will bring to the table that will probably influence the PGA Tour for uh, in a positive way. Yeah. And like the, the stance I have briefly, because David hits on it in the chat, he says, is this tour even on television? No. Right. That That's the point. No, is, it's not. I don't begrudge these guys to go make their money. I'm not going to hold them to a higher standard than I hold an owner of an NFL franchise or a sponsor of a PGA Tour event. I'm not. I'm just choosing not to do that. But am I going to watch it? No. I'm not going to watch it. I don't well, you care can't, if, it, you, uh, if it's I – mean, I go to whatever, livetour.com, yeah, and there yeah, it is. I could have it right yeah. there on my screen. If it's Dustin versus Bryson in a final of the Live London, I don't care. I'm not watching it. I'm just not. Well, because, it again, it doesn't – first of all, the way it's set up is a clown show. Uh, we won't get bog anybody down with the details of that, but the way that the rounds are set up is a clown show. Secondly, it's 54 holes. It's not even a real event. Like the more golf you play, the better you vet the field. The more you find right. a true champion. That's how this works. I like that they're doing team events and stuff like that. The P- I mean, the Zurich happens in the PGA, but they could roll more fun stuff. And they like might, that. they may do that. I don't think those events are fun. I used to, but I don't anymore. I think the Zurich is stupid. But that's my personal opinion. I don't care. Like if you want to see more of those, maybe I bet your opinion is probably more in line with a lot of other people. I, I don't need to see team events unless it's the Ryder Cup or the greatness. 
Of the President's Cup? Of course. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm sure. It's coming up, buddy. Can't wait. Now, those events, mm-hmm. that's that's a big Australia deal. Australia this year? <laughs> so that's Those are big events for me. But, but uh, no, team, I don't need to see team golf. Uh, golf's not a team sport. It's an individual sport. How are you going to do, Dustin, against the best players in the world? We won't know because they're not trade. here. They're not here. Don't say that to College trade. golf is very different. College golf is very different. It is a team sport. College golf is a team sport. It has an individual element, but it is a team sport. And the way you set your team up is and how who you roll out when. That is a very different deal. We know what we're watching. It's like you and I watching the difference between college baseball and pro baseball. Once you get over that college baseball is not pro baseball, then you can enjoy college baseball. Yeah. But it takes some doing. Oh, it, it's its own kind of clown show. Especially if you grew up with pro baseball and then you've got to come right. into college baseball. But then you appreciate the clown show a little bit. You're like, <laughs> All right, this is a clown show, but it's fun. Well, I don't know. I, I, I think that college baseball we suck right now but college baseball in terms of the depth of talent and competition and how many of the guys go from college baseball to pro baseball it's a lot more now than it used to be uh, but we're seeing a lot more 20 to 15s or, or you know 14 to 9 than we have seen in a long time now and that too is an interesting conversation because a lot of people believe that is the direct result of two things but one of them is that pitchers no longer know how to pitch. They know how to get MPH. They're hoping for velo and velo only. That How hard can I throw it? Guys, hitters anymore don't care if you throw 98. Used to be nobody could hit 98. Now if you throw 98 and it's straight, I'll hit that all day long. Go ahead, bring it. I won't, but but good hitters right. will. Whereas it's also probably ninety four or ninety five by the standards of the gun in the nineties and two thousands because they're measuring now with the pinpoint accuracy of a TrackMan or whatever yeah, the system yeah, yeah, is. Yeah, 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 yeah. They get it more in the hand now, so you get a higher velocity. That's another reason that you're seeing a lot more high-velocity pitchers. It's not just specialization, which is part of it, part but of it's it. also that, you know, if Nolan Ryan was clocked oh, in sure. 1984 with the way it's clocked now, that sucker might have been throwing 103-104. Well, you got the kid at Tennessee who throws 105. And that yeah. that anywhere, by the way, does miss bats. Now, there, there is a threshold where he can throw straight at 105 and you're not going to hit it. But most guys can tee off especially with the launch angle and everything else we now know. That's what you see in a lot of bombs everywhere but here. Uh, you're watching guys hit the ball out of the ballpark, uh, and they can hit 99, especially because it's straight. And they, it, it, they are fighting to hit home runs. That was such an honest everywhere but here. Everywhere but here. Everywhere but here. It's the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chat TV. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Jeff Cameron Show is sponsored by the legendary team at Hamilton Home Loans. Great rates, cutting-edge technology, and transparent communication is the recipe for a five-star mortgage experience at FSUHomeLoans.com. Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chant TV. Uh, according to, what was it, D1 Baseball yesterday, Ross Dunn is uh, out the door. 16 appearances with the Knowles uh, this past year, 77 strikeouts and 48 
innings. Um, never good to lose a guy that throws 95 from the left side. Yeah, you give that player every last opportunity to have the light bulb click on, as it did that Sunday against Miami when he came out of the pen and shut them down. You would take a chance on that guy. Mm. You would, and um, I'm going to be intrigued to see uh, what else happens and if anything else happens, because uh, that it, it bears, uh, you know, without being salacious, it bears uh, our attention because uh, it, it, you got a lot of people right now who are looking very closely at a program that is not living up to its own standard, and uh, they want answers. I would think the athletic director is one of them. And I'm curious to see what the exit meetings and conversations are like. Uh, we don't know. We're not in those conversations. Um, but you, one can discern from a distance if uh, a multitude, as opposed to singular or a couple, uh, players decide that they're not staying, then you've got a problem in-house. You've got a, a real problem, a fractured program. Uh, that's what that would be evidence of. There's no other way to say it. Uh, and if that's the case then a program that perhaps you cast a John Desai on currently wondering about, uh, you expedite uh, the urgency surrounding what are you going to do? What decisions have to be made? I think this is more a question of um, who is Mike Alford? You know, this, is, this becomes intriguing because we could sit here, as fans do, and I do, and you do, we all do, and give our opinion about the job meets doing or not doing and what we think might happen, or where he sits. Like, let's say you think he should come back, but you admit that they're not living up to the standard, and thus he enters next season on the hot seat. Another guy might say, I've seen all I've needed to see. I didn't like the hire to begin with, and I think we've got ample evidence this isn't going the right direction. He should be fired. Fine. And then there's a bunch of people in between, right? But it, where the rubber meets the road is, what does Mike Alford think? And right now, he's having to figure out what this program is and the direction it's headed. And from afar, if you watch Ross Dunn transfer and it's followed by this name, this name, and this name, talking about the core talent of a team that can get better with guys like him, well, if they leave, then you've got nothing to fall back on, and that might change the decision that you make regarding your head coach. Yeah, that's fair. There was something we talked about yesterday, which was, once upon a time, this is a program that made money for the university. It wasn't just something that you did because this is who Florida State is as an athletics department. We're excellent in baseball. And then you wore it on the chin in the red. Mm -hmm. well, they made money. Yeah, they did. I don't know, and I suppose this is an interesting question, as the generations start to reject baseball a little bit more, at least, you know, incoming freshmen at Florida State University don't say, I can't wait to go to Hauser to catch a baseball game. That's not really the culture anymore of the undergraduate community. You could probably do a little bit more to help them out, like – put a hole in the fence in right field like they do in Auburn and let them set up you know, tailgate tents and stuff, and maybe that will help. But the question is, can it make money again? Yes. You think so? Mm, does all up and down the SEC. Uh, they've made it a place to be. Uh, when you go to, as you know, and you've been Baton Rouge or yep, let's say Mississippi State or Auburn or uh, Tennessee currently, my God, uh, you go those places, uh, they're making money. That is, um, that's a place to be. One wouldn't miss it. Now, I'm older than you, and I can tell you that when I was in school here in the early 90s, in fact, it was something that you needed to go to, and it was packed, and it was a lot of fun. In my day, too. We yeah. had Posey and Jack Rock. Oh, that yeah. team was... Yeah, yeah. well, they, they yeah. had a long run. Uh, and the bottom line is, it was an electric atmosphere and a lot of fun. And I get what you're saying. Bigger picture here, baseball is not as popular. Its popularity has waned 
to to varying degrees, whether we're talking about pro baseball, college baseball, but and we've always had an older fan base. I mean, oh you know, yeah, I'm just I, I make fun of that all the time. But that's because you don't do a lot to uh, liven things up, as you just noted, and you can. Now I think it starts with <laughs> it, it's an uphill climb right now because they've waited too long. I mean, the facilities over there suck. Uh, that's. I love Hauser because I'm nostalgic and because of what it represented and what it once was, and it's got charm to it compared to some other stadiums. But the nuts and bolts of that place is a dump, and there's no getting around that. Yeah, that's one thing I'd say about a lot of baseball facilities is that they're just much better than Hauser. I think it's overblown in the football department because a lot of the stadiums, I mean, you saw Baton Rouge. Mm. I was just there in Auburn. It's much like Baton Rouge. A lot of those stadiums are ugly as hell. Oh, you no. Know? Florida State's facade is better than, I mean, virtually every stadium in the country. Right. But even if you look at the concourse of those particular stadiums, yeah. I mean, it's kind of, I mean, I was at uh, Memorial Stadium in, in Austin. Yeah. You go up there. Stale. You're, well, not only is it stale, it's compressed. You're on a, a Tokyo subway. Like, mm-hmm. you feel you feel claustrophobic. And I'm not one to be claustrophobic. And I'm up there, I'm like, oh, my God, this is not meant for this many people. It's like the Rose Bowl. that had its issues with the tunnels and stuff as well. So a lot of football stadiums are antiquated, sure. antiquated, yeah. And you look at them under underneath, and you're like, ugh. So I don't think uh, I don't think Doe Campbell is that far behind, even the underbelly of. And it they're being working disgusting. on making yes. that better, anyhow. I don't yeah. think it's that far behind other stadiums like it. No, Hauser, on the other hand. Oh, buddy, you go to Auburn, you go to LSU, you go virtually anywhere. Yes, even in this conference, go. Yeah. I, I've been to Virginia, North Carolina. Go see their stadiums. They're better. They're better. And at one time, you could never say that. You wouldn't. In fact, it was kind of a, a crown jewel in the South there uh, to go to a game at Hauser. I remember, and it's interesting. Years and years and years and years ago, the year, unfortunately, not you know, very sad. Rest in peace, as I say. Uh, the year Lee Bowen, the summer Lee Bowen passed away. I was I went out to Seattle. In fact, I flew back to to be at the service. But anyhow, uh, I was out in Seattle, and while I was there with my buddy Matt, I said, "Let's go over to you know Washington. Let's see the university. I, I've, I've always heard it's beautiful, and it is." And so we, you know, we toured the campus. I like university campus. I, I anytime we go to a college town, I'm going to go to the university just to see it. I want to go to the library. I want to see what life might be like there. All that. And of course, like everywhere, they have their pluses and minuses, and you know, parts of the university that are beautiful. Others that you're like, oh. you know, I went to their baseball stadium. Oh my god, it was a travesty. And the reason I went to their baseball stadium was because I know. At, at, and at that time, I was like, man, Hauser's pretty awesome. It, it, it still felt viable. You know, it still felt like a, a place that you'd want to be in. It had real character. <laughs> Washington had like a park bench. It was ridiculous. And it was a, a major, you know, Pac-12. I mean, what are we doing here? And now, fast forward to where we are, these parks have all supplanted right. Hauser. Where the park all, bench. Yeah, where, that's right. The question is, with dusty fans and puddles, what area can you create around there that would allow for people to do what they do in all the other stadiums, which no, is set up lawn chairs and slam some beers and have a good time? No, you got to move. You got to go over there by College Town, and and you got to you got to put the stadium there, and you you build a new one, and you get a corporate sponsor like uh, Comcast or whatever, and it's that's the name of the stadium, and you go from there. I agree, but for the next ten years until that's done, Woo. you got to create something. Hour number two, forthcoming. Stay with us. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. 